Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. This is a promo for Dana Pereira's That Trophy Wife Life podcast. Listen in, because Dana is a wonderful host and has a great podcast, That Trophy Wife Life. Check it out. Hey, guys. Did you know that you can burn up to 40 calories for every 15 minutes of laughing? Get in shape with That Trophy Wife Life. We are a comedy podcast that guarantees to make you really, really, really good looking. Join us as we discuss hard-hitting, important topics like asshole kid moments, the best drunk stories, best pranks ever pulled, and the dumbest criminals that get themselves busted. So if you want to lose weight and be really, really, really good looking, find that Trophy Wife Life today, available on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to rate and review. Only five stars are being accepted at this time. And until our next episode, keep living that Trophy Wife Life. The guest on this episode of Every Thought Matters Podcast is Alex, a producer. Alex is a longtime producer of infomercials, TV shows, movies, and commercials. Born of humble Venezuelan roots, she has lived in the States for over 30 years after her parents fled the country. She's an amazing woman, single mother, started her producing life in high school. Listen in as the quote-unquote pre-production queen gives us a glimpse into what it's like to work in the entertainment field, how she handles stress, and what makes her life go round. It was so wonderful to finally catch up with her. All right, I'm here with Alex, the producer, as everybody on social media knows that her name is actually Alexander Flugel. Welcome, Alex. Do you like Alexander or Alexander or Alex? You can call me Alex, Kelly. That was wonderful. I'm glad to have you on my podcast. And during our little pre-show, I said, you know, I don't know much about you. So kind of give me a little bit of a backstory of who you are and why you have become known as actor. Alex, a producer, at least in social media circles. So I'll give you, I'll give you the, the elevator pitch of Alex, the producer. Yeah. I am from Venezuela, lived in America for 30 years. I did my career here as a producer. I went communications major and I always knew I wanted to create content and I have produced anything from infomercials to movies to TV shows such as America's Most Wanted and anything that started with Are You Fat? I probably did that infomercial. And now uh, I'm, a, I'm with a great family of products here in Florida doing all their international campaigns. But um, that's what I do. And then... And then it kind of like escalated to social media, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. But I, as you may or may not know, I used to be a film producer. So, but, and as a film producer, which you've done, which is one of the many tracks you've done, you know, it's so much fun bringing people together and giving them the tools to do their job, but getting the heck out of their way, basically, right? Yes. And, that, and that's so much fun, but it's also 
brings a, a different kind of energy. Can does all these little tracks from infomercials to movies to TV, does it the same kind of energy being a producer in those types of roles? Uh, that's a very good question. No, that is definitely <laughs> changes. I have, I worked in infomercials and infomercials are very expensive productions that last between a week and a month. And you do become kind of one with the, with the shoot, but it's, you know, it's all about what is being said and how it's being sold and the crew. Um, I always hire my crew depending on what we're shooting. You know, if it's something that's outdoors, you want a specific type of crew. If you want something that's product driven, uh, that it's, you have to really look at the details. You want to make sure that somebody has a really good eyeball on that. Uh, films as a different ball game. Films, yes, it is. You are married to them. You, you. I didn't sleep with them, but I almost <laughs> say I yeah, sleep with them. Yeah, it's like that. It's <laughs> like no, that's. A, I've never thought of it that way, but that is basically you become instant family, and you're married to them, and they're your in-laws, whether you like it or not. Yep, you can see them years down the road and you're like, oh, I did a movie with you. You know, it's like you become family because you are, you work 15 hours, 12 hours and, and it's for months at a time. So it be, it's a very, to me, it was a, a different fraternity, I would call it. And with commercials or TV shows, um, especially doing interviews, I, I usually fall in love with the project every, I try to fall in love with every one of them because I'm learning something new in a documentary or an interview or technology or a backstory. And it's short, it's quick, but it's, it's, it's delicious. I always love, enjoy doing that. Yeah, I never looked at it that way though, that it's kind of like being married and I never thought of it that way. And I did it for 10 years, you know, wow. from, uh, well, I used to be an IT guy, so I worked in IT, so I made money. So then I threw my, you know, disposable income into making films. I started out as an actor, but I don't know. I was great in auditions, but when that red light came on, I always got nervous for some reason. I just, whatever. But I also knew I've always had this gift of being able to help people feel better about themselves. And my, my coach, I had a life coach for a while, and she said, Kelly, people like you because of how they feel about themselves when they talk to you, which is why I'm doing a podcast because I like to hear what people are doing but in the filmmaking business I did it just because it was fun it was like how what's a producer do what's a, a, a key grip do you know uh there's so much that I like I know what a line producer is now you know things like that so and we the great part about being a producer or an executive producer is actually seeing all these little parts come together and they do become this big giant family and you're right, we'll see each other on the street or whatever, or see each other on social media go, oh yeah, that's right, I worked on that film with that person. Uh -huh. that's the first all thing. of it, all of it. Whether it's a, a DP, a camera operator or whatever, they become that person like, oh, I was on set with that guy. Wow, that was so much fun. And then, you know, it's kind of a mini high school, if you will. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I really, become really tied to with my crews. I, I really create a report and I, I enjoy that as part of my career. 
But to be a producer, you have to, honest to goodness, to enjoy that, though, right? Because you can't be, like, very – would you describe yourself as social, introverted, extroverted? So you're full of good questions here. You're, every question you throw at me is like, uh-huh. So <laughs> I – people think I'm very social. I am not. I think I'm not as social as people make me out to be. Um and when it came to to your other question about producing, producer the the producer role, which is very important to the people know a lot like you, a lot of people have no idea, is logistics and putting the team together and making sure that I I describe it two ways. I said if if you've never been in production before, a producer for a woman is like a wedding planner. If you've never been on a set or a production before and you're a guy, I said, and that shouldn't be a standard anymore, but you're like a project manager. You have yes. to tie it all together. And I just, that's what I think I do the most. And I just make sure that there's good chemistry and good logistics and, and that you have to be very, very organized and ready for chaos. You do have to be ready for chaos and <laughs> you, because that's just what happens. You, It's 90% planning. And then there's that 10% of chaos that always happens. And no matter what, you know, I worked on a, a short film called Fragile Storm and my director wanted uh, for, for the video, wanted a handheld uh, monitor to where she could just walk around the set, you know, and see what the shot was. Okay. And we had ordered it through, a, you know, our camera store and they didn't have it, which oh. kind of screwed everything up because then she had to go back to Video Village and do all that. But that's what a producer does is like tries to put that fire out, go get another one or whatever. It's whether it's cinnamon rolls in the morning or if you've got somebody with dietary, you know, concerns on your set, you got to make sure all that works, whether it's yes. vegan, you know, keto or whatever. Those are all the things that happen on the set and you've got to get all of them in line and there's always going to be something that, and you have to be able to handle that stress. And yes, like, what is your coping mechanism for when that happens? Cause it all, I don't think I've ever was on any set in my filmmaking career where that didn't happen. So how do you cope with that? So I'm not sure if it's now a, like a switch that I have, I walk in knowing that it could happen and a ball can drop. I'm in Florida, it, we, it can rain. I can have everything perfect and I don't have sunlight and I'm, I have Ooh. to be ready, right? So I have all yeah. these external and internal factors and I really, I don't have any other way to describe it except for what you said. I love what I do. I really love what I do. I, yeah, I have worked a day in my life. So when chaos happens, I'm on. And as long as you love it, you bring a good attitude. You don't lose your cool because it's part of the process and it's part of the fun. How do we make it work? And if you have a good team, it will work. We right. make it work. It, it, I, I cannot tell you one time that I was like, and you know what? This There was this time that... We just couldn't shoot. No, you, 
it's like a being, I always compare it to being in aerospace and you have to come back to earth and we have to put our heads together to put the ship, you know, to make it work and come back to earth. <laughs> That's how I do it. So it's like a, it's like a state of mind, I guess, and staying positive. Yeah, creating. it is. a. Yeah, you have to be, it's funny because most people don't look at producers as creative people, but we had to be creative in order to solve problems. And there's always a problem to solve. You know, night before a shoot, my first film that I was the executive producer, producer for, we didn't have a sushi set, meaning we didn't have, and so I'm texting people and boom, we got it. But that's what you do. You like, oh, that wasn't, you know, we didn't have that. You have to figure those things out. But I think as time goes by, we get comfortable with dealing with that. And that's why people keep hiring people like you because you, I mean, there's no, every scenario is probably new to you, but it's also not new in the fact that you have felt that emotion and you know what those thoughts are, which is, you know, kind of the premise of my podcast and my coaching is your thoughts do matter. So you already know what those thoughts are going to be like. Yeah. So it allows you to actually take that four count deep breath and go, okay, we got this. What's, you know, what are my options? And then boom, you solve a problem and they're going like, this is a miracle worker. You know, it's funny. uh, Aaron Sorkin, the uh, very Mm -hmm. famous director, he, he recently started being a little bit more vocal on, on social media. And he said over the weekend, he had a really cool video where he said, every set should be 90% pre-production and 10% spontaneity. Because sometimes in those spontaneous moments, magic could happen. Yes, that's correct. And I, I go by that. When he said it, I was like, yes, that's how I work. That's how I, because I'm a pre-production queen, but I know that I have a 10% to deal with. Right. And it, as long as you're open to it and you're not like, no, we have to go by the book. It will work. Right. And that's, to me, the best producers I've ever worked with were like that. They just, and I worked in IT for 25 years. So I did project management and it's the same principle. You know, you can't be just so narrow-minded and stuck in your ways of your, your profession, whatever it is. You can't. Not to be open to outside variables that come in. So did you... I mean, you've been in the States for 30 years, originally from Venezuela, and is this always a track that you wanted to do? Did you always like bringing people together to a con- I mean, do you have like a childhood memory where you got kids in the neighborhood to do something and like build something? Or how, how did that happen? Yeah, I think I, uh, let's see, I, I consider it uh, leadership was always i'm always attracted to bringing people together and creating yes and even in school i was always uh elected to be what do they call that here when you're like the something of the class it's not like the president of the class but what do they call it and they and the kids vote for it right what is that yeah i well they have like valedictorian but the voted is most likely to succeed you know kind of thing it's like Which, a leadership role in your, in yeah, your mm-hmm. class. And yeah. since 11th grade or 9th grade, I was always voted in because I would, I love to bring people together. And when we had, I knew that. But then mm-hmm. as, as I grew 
in my last two years of high schools, we had a music band. <laughs> and I nice. Was, you had a music I, band? And I, it, we had the battle of the bands in Venezuela. And I would love it. I would love to bring it together and produce. And uh, I was a lead singer for a couple of songs, but it was more about bringing the team. And we had girls that did the dancing and people that played the instruments and the singers and the backup singers. It was real. And I, I loved it. And yeah, I think it's always been in me to, to yes, to bring people together and, and create and help. I'm, I'm very I'm into philanthropy and helping yep. yes, you people. Are. So yeah, I love that. I really do. So you like started at a high school level, literally being Alex as a producer, even though you didn't know that at the time. Wow. And that carried through through high school. And now how long have you literally been a producer? Like in the, like legitimately a producer? So when I started, I graduated from college 96 and right. I was thrown into a mix uh, as a PA for many like TV commercials at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I went, I jumped into the infomercial world because of where I live. I think that's your first, um, it was what's, what's happening here in Florida. So yeah. that must have been 90, 98, maybe, and I, in 2000. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I had experience being on set that I was able to, and I say this to a lot of students because I go to universities to talk to kids that are going to graduate. I said, number one, you have to love it. You have to love it. If you don't love it, go home, change careers, find something that, that does inspire you. And number two, until you are on set, you won't really be able to savor what you love and enjoy. You may be on set and, and figure out that you like following the script and then you become the script supervisor maybe you yep. just want to do organizer or organize the day so that's a producer maybe uh, what i'm doing today but it's not in my title i'm directing today i'm a director where i where I'm, who i'm working for now and but i it's always funny because i'm always being pulled but you can produce so can you help us with this because i became yep passionate about it so when you love what you do I know what I'm good at I know what I'm not good at I mm -hmm. I don't think I'm a good writer but I write so it's beyond yeah. as, as I got on set I I was because of my organizational skills I was pulled into the producer role I think that's how it all happened mm -hmm. and and it's been shifting a little bit the last five years where I'm directing more and I I enjoy that too i really do it's it's uh it's it's part of what i call making that baby you know making that yes baby. for those of us not in, you know that are not in the entertainment world every film or every piece of entertainment every piece of content is your baby and yes. <laughs> yes. It, it literally is a baby and that's why it becomes family and they become yeah. part of you and part of your not maybe not your identity but part of who you are a little bit and as a, each one of those entities is just something that you cradle, just like, you know, in home ec class, 
in high school, you had to carry around an egg, you know, to, you know, make it like, you know, you're taking care of a life, you know, that was how they taught you. But each one of those things is what we do is we carry around a life of its own. And what makes you probably a good producer too, is that you know everybody's role too, and you know what a director does and you know what a director needs. So walking into that, if you were just walking into a director role without any producing experience, it would be really hard. But I think as a producer, it's a little easier, even though a director on my last film before I left LA, my director was amazing, but I got to sit in on everything. So it just like went, oh my goodness, that's what a director does. Because you think the director is, you know, on camera and telling when the actors, you know, action and cut. No, it's, that's the easiest part of the directing is the action and cut part. It's all that other stuff that's behind the scenes. I'll tell part. you what, um, a good example in this role that I'm in now, for example, I have mm -hmm. a, I'm shooting a commercial Wednesday and the director has to be involved in pre-production with the producer. We work hand on hand and yep. I work with storyboards and it's like, yep. 40 slides in the storyboard so this morning we were actually changing the storyboard order into shot orders to make sure that when we are on set it doesn't have to be shot in the same line that the storyboard is but in the logistic the logical way to do it for the set yeah and that it takes a lot of um mind games and being organization and teamwork with the with the lighting director with my dp what lens yep. are we going to use all of that there's yeah there's so much yeah just getting the shots together of what you need for one you know one page scene you know which is probably six shots getting those together getting those organized what kind of lens to do for a wide shot and all this other stuff that's so much work but that's the joy of what most directors love is not the action and cut. And it is a bit that because it is getting in a commercial that's so much different than say films, because commercially you're really, your end game is selling the product. Your end game isn't, well, it is an emotion, but it's so different. And I can't have, being a director for a commercial has to be hard work because it's not, because you have to get rid of that movie head you got to go into commercial and commercial copies got to be right. And usually the commercial copies, what might nine or 10 lines, maybe and doing all uh, that. Oh, I'll tell you a funny story. So we, sure. I do write a lot of the scripts for this, these commercials that I'm doing mm -hmm. on Wednesday. We have no script. It's, oh. it's actually music only. So it's a, it's a completely different challenge because you have to make it move with the storyboard that makes sense and that the the music will drive it and that the scenes have to be very, the, the visual have to be so specific that I don't have to say a word and that you know what I'm selling, which a lot of commercials don't do. <laughs> so. No, they don't. And wow, that's hard. And I admire you, but that's also, you know, really the baseline of why I wanted you on my podcast, because I've, I've always known you as Alex, the producer, and I, I love how raw and authentic you are in your social media presence, but I also wanted to know what's behind the scenes on who this, this amazing accomplished woman is. Cause I, I find you inspiring because Thank you're out there you. doing it and you're doing it every day, you know, 
on your social media, I see, you know, pictures from sets and whatever. And that's why I wanted you on here. Cause I just think I wanted to see how you were wired and see what that was about. And also for my listeners to go, I wonder if I could be a producer, you know, and listen to you and go, well, yeah, maybe, but you're right. You started out as a production assistant, which basically is grunt work. But you that's a great way to start any entertainment careers, get there, because then you can see yeah. exactly how a set works. Whether it's a commercial, whether it's an infomercial, whether it's Ellen or whatever. Yeah. And whether you're going to Starbucks to getting, you know, four vanilla lattes for everybody. <laughs> and you do do that. Right. And I think that's fascinating to me that this is where you, you went out and did the PA stuff, did some infomercial stuff. And look at you now, you're directing. You're directing a, a commercial without any acting and music. And that's hard. That's ridiculously hard. Uh, like I said, I, I haven't worked a day in my life. And in every career, in most careers, as long as you're learning every day and challenging yourself every day, Yes. Um, I think well, I, I love the quote that you have the name of your podcast every thought matters as long as you're you're thinking how you want to grow every day and inspire others that's such a compliment to me that I inspire you and it's it's mm-hmm. you want to inspire others you don't want to do it just to to have a job you want to do it because you enjoy it and what you're doing people will enjoy in not just the process the baby, when the baby's done, yeah. and people say, oh, that's a cute baby, or that's a cool baby. That's what, that's what I strive for. But I, I really, and, and I know you know this, because even though in LA, I, LA is the, is the place where most people think production happens, but being a woman in this industry, uh, I get a lot of questions from students, female students saying, well, you're a woman or you're Latin and how are people treating you? And I um, must say, if you walk on a set and you know what you're doing and you treat people with respect and you stay humble, they're one of us and I'm one of them. Just it's been always, I've been very blessed with the way I've been treated because I'm treat. I feel like I get respect from every crew that I work with. And it's, you know, it's, it is nothing but a blessing for me. I think every day I'm grateful every day because it's, it does not matter that I'm a woman on set. Yeah. And I, that's, that's gotta be a good lesson for anybody, no matter what uh, profession you're in, if you walk in and treat everybody with respect and know what you're doing, and if you don't know something, you ask, as opposed to Absolutely. being scared to ask. And yeah. that's how it works. Because uh, I recently, about six or seven weeks ago, I, I live in South Texas now in a little town called Rockport. And I recently be switched jobs because I have you know to pay the bills, but I also have this podcast and I'm also a life coach. But I switched jobs and I became a barista, which is odd for me, you know. Mm. But it's great. It's such a, I don't know, it's a beautiful energy. But then I walked into my former employer, which is Walmart. I had, I couldn't get my shopping done because everybody kept wanting to see how I was doing, making sure I was happy. So 
when you lead people and you walk into any place of business, whether it's Walmart, whether this little coffee shop that I work at, you want to make sure people, you leave people a little bit better off than when you found them. And I learned that in my IT career and I, you know, translated that as a producer making a bunch of short films. Now I didn't make, my only probably regret in filmmaking was never making a feature because I just think that would have been a lot of work, but. It's a lot of work. Oh my God. Yes. I've been producer and, and, oh, that's a different ballgame. I, I, in order, well, see that going back to what I was saying to be a woman and do a film and be working on a film it's a, it's also a different challenge. If you're a woman and you want to be a wife and a mom and, and be having regular hours, you should not be doing films (laughs) because films didn't would not allow me that when I work in in the movie I work in two movies Rock of Ages uh when we shot down here in Florida with Tom Cruise and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know Shackman was the director I didn't I didn't sleep and I I'm a mom I have a at that time my daughter was I believe she was like 10 and mm-hmm. I I went home at like six o'clock in the morning because we shot at night and you i would take her to school try to sleep for a few hours pick her up from school and go back to work and it was it's features are a different ballgame it's a it's same dynamic but it's different not everybody is built for for film no it's not everybody's cup of tea because it's hard it's because like if you do a short film like we i probably the most famous film i did was fragile storm and we shot it took three and a half shooting days to get it production side done. Post-production took a long time, but yes. just the actual shoot, you know, but on a feature, you know, that's, you know, 18 to 20 days of those 17 hour days. And if you've got a, you know, a spouse and kids, yeah, you're not going to see them. That's a yeah. month you're gone. Yeah. Have a nice day, but they're not going to see you for a long time. And that, because, and it's, physically draining because it's mentally draining because you have to keep your mental side on point every moment because just like project management and IT every detail matters and one detail that gets missed can screw the whole thing up it trickles down yeah it does trickle down but it also is the most fantastic feeling when you wrap and you're like we did it yeah Oh, I can imagine. Yes, yes. Yes. So, what, I just think this is fascinating to me because you've done so much in so many different lines of work. What do you do on the side to keep, I mean, you don't literally, you haven't worked a day in your life is what you're saying, which I agree with because that's wonderful. But what do you do in your spare time to, that brings you joy? And like, I know you have philanthropy, but what for you personally inside your soul brings you joy that you do outside of your producing work and your directing work and your writing? I spend time with my daughter mm-hmm. and my parents a lot. I spend time alone. Yesterday, I was in a quiet setting all day, no TV. I 
I did meditation. I do yoga. I love working out. I love the beach. I live very close to the beach, so I try to go. Uh, so I, it, that's when it goes back to your first question. That I think I'm an introvert because some people would say, I go out and I party and I see people. No, I don't want to see anybody. And I do see my friends. I have friends if there's a birthday and, uh, and I... Uh, a couple of weeks, I, I had my first break because of, obviously, because of COVID, I, I haven't been in anywhere. Um, but I was able to travel for the weekend to a beautiful island. And everybody asked me, were you just sitting at the beach with the sunshine? And I said, no, I was, I went on excursions and caves and workouts. So I love the outdoors. Uh, so I think if I'm not in a quiet mode in my my home, I am outside playing in the outdoors, working out and making sure my body's moving. And, and that's what I really like. I love concerts. I miss concerts the most. Oh. I remember I used to say I work to travel and to go to concerts because music is my, my drug of choice. I need to hear music, live music live entertainment and that's about it that sums it up that um, it's very simple yeah um i'll just get you a note because i think we're a little bit the same because i'm an extroverted introvert meaning i can walk into a room and i can make everybody in that room feel comfortable but i also you know need my downtime i'll, I'll hit that little wall I'm like okay i've I can't talk to people. I got to go home and I've got to just be with my dog. Yes. And I need my introvert time. I have to. And so like, I have people who, can you talk? I'm like, no, I don't really want to talk yeah. on the phone. Really? No, sorry. But I think you're a little bit like that because you could probably just, I don't know. I'm seeing the same person that I see in online is this magnetic woman that can actually make a worm work to you know get a job done but also make you know just go sit at the beach and talk to people but also need your sit at the beach put your shades on and have your book in front of you and people leave you alone mm -hmm. person yeah that's nice though and that you you seem like you have a healthy balance in your life in terms of what you like have you always had that is that something that's just grown with you because producing takes a lot of work and you travel, you know, pre-COVID, you were traveling everywhere. Yes. And that takes its toll. How did you find this balance of all these things that you do to help keep you centered in truly being Alex? Not, um, I think there are a lot of different things that have gotten me to that balance. Not a, nobody's perfect. Nobody has the total no. balance. Nope. Uh, I do. I don't watch TV, which nobody believes, but I don't watch TV. I read. I can read three books a week, and I love reading. But um, through life, through especially through my last my last twenty years, you know, raising my my daughter, mm -hmm. single mom, I think. I'm going to go back to finding that balance when you work, 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 you know, Monday through Friday, 
and you know when to shut down and relax on the weekend. Or if I'm traveling, like I was traveling before, I would travel Monday and come back on Wednesday and edit on Thursday and then make sure that Friday, Saturday and Sunday I would. So find that balance and, and energy and not stay on all the time, on, on, on. Because sometimes I find some people don't know how to turn the switch off. Uh, I think the number one tool that has helped me or attribute or asset, it's being organized, plan ahead. Um, like I said, I'm a pre-production queen and it's <laughs> even to relax, you have to pre-produce and say, okay, I'm going to go to do this or I'm going to do yoga or I want to go to the beach. I had very spontaneity in my life, but a good night's sleep, balanced diet and, and always finding that quiet time. I think those th three elements, taking care of your temple, right? And your right. thoughts. Your thoughts. Yes, your thoughts, definitely. You've got to take care of your thoughts, but and not all of them serve you, so you just discard the ones you don't want, but it, it sounds like you've figured out a way, because when you're producing, and at least in my experience, that's not a nine-to-five job most of the time, and no. maybe you've got, you're blessed now that you have that a little bit more structure to that, but it's not, everybody's saying, what are you going to do this weekend? I'm like, when I was a producer, I'd be working that weekend. That's the, probably the best time for finding people to do the job that you need to do because most of them were working survival jobs on, during the week. Yeah. So you never had a real weekend and you figured out a way to make all of this stuff balance out. And that's- I not try not to, to work. I try not to work on weekends. I really don't. I, wow. I used to. Yeah, of course I used to. We all did. Um, but I- you know, I try this specific where I'm working now. I they have not asked me to work on weekends. We have been able to stick to, and if we do work, you know, on a weekend, which like I said, it hasn't really happened often, then we get you know the Monday off or something like they're very this again, it's all about creating you know what you like and create building a good team and hopefully you have a good boss, you know, or a good client. Yes, that's both too, because the client hires the boss and then you get hired and yeah, that's a lot of work, but it's nice that you're getting that freedom because you did, and again, this is why you were inspiring. I had a younger sister who was a single mom for a long time. She's not anymore, but you did all of this and created this life for yourself all while raising your daughter and i just admire the crap out of that that's hard to do because when you're a single parent whether it's a male or female you're both parents meaning you've got to be the disciplinarian plus the lovey-dovey one and the yeah. that balance alone is hard to do and yet you did this and now you, and you have a very successful career you're you look very light on your feet now. And thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't all get to that point. So, and you have done that. But when you look at me and you're, you go, yeah, I haven't worked a day in my life because you love what you do. Mm -hmm. And you love that challenge. And in your field, every day is different. You every know. Day. 
I mean, you're shooting a commercial with just music and that's hard to do, but you still got to come. It's a commercial for a product of something that somebody wants to buy and you got to create that. That's incredible. That's hard, but that's not the same as a short film or a feature film or an infomercial where some guy's standing behind the counter doing, you know, a sham wow. You know, we all know the sham wow commercial infomercial. So that's hard. That's hard work for you. And you constantly are adapting and changing how, I mean, the field has changed so much. I don't know when you started, were we already in the digital age in terms no. of using digital cameras? Oh, no, no. I have, better tape. I have beta really? tape in my house from when I started. Wow. I have wow. beta and I have, what's the other one? There was a VHS. VHS. I have both. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then it trans. See, Again, I'm not I still, ashamed of my age. I'm not ashamed of my age, Kelly. No, I think it's wonderful. I'm not either. I I <laughs> love all the experience that I have right now in my life. I'm very proud of who I am. Because, but it took an IT career for 25 years, producing for 10, and now doing this. Because this, this talking to you and recording this is not work to me. This is I'm telling you, this is like a day on set for me. Every time I record a podcast here my 18th interview or I don't, it's not even an interview. It's a conversation. My 18th conversation. This is not work to me, Alex at all. This is easy. This is, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the euphemism for it, but it's just stupidly easy for me to just sit and talk to people and find out who they really are. I didn't know anything about you. I knew you were a producer. So I knew we could connect on a little bit of that, but I didn't know you were from Venezuela and you've been here 30 years and, wow, you did it back in the days when tape was amazing, you know, and now it's all digital and I can go shoot a movie on my iPhone. And right, you've adapted to all of that. That's incredible to me. You have Very to inspiring. You with, the, with the technology. I'm doing a VFX. We're doing 3D animations and all of that is a new language. And I am not necessarily the person behind the computer doing them but I have to understand green screens and how all those suits work and it's really cool it's really is uh, I'm telling you it's a, it's 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 also inspiring it, it, it's also it takes a different kind of person to not all producers are alike and you know this you read around but it takes a different kind of producer to to adapt to that to go like when I sat in on my uh short film we did a thing called funny fair it was about an uber driver who took a guy on a ride and it turned south it was kind of a cheeky thriller kind of thing but i got to sit in on the back end of it literally frame by frame where the director's going no we want to go here we want to transition here frame by frame and then sitting with the sound guy with the muse to go in with the onset sound plus i got so blessed alex i and i we got to actually record some ADR, which is, I don't know what ADR stands for. I never know, but we got to do some ADR in a sound booth on Paramount, on the Paramount lot in LA, which was just so kind of cool. Huge soundboard, the whole room, you know, just, I felt like I was Hollywood and it was cool. And I got to learn all of that, but I didn't know exactly what that person was doing, but I also knew enough to go, they're adjusting the voice levels here or whatever, but. When did you stop doing um, 
films? When did you start producing? Probably uh, when I moved back here to Texas in 2019. Literally almost two years ago to today. Oh, so it hasn't been, it hasn't been that no. long? No. Uh, someone recently told me about six months ago that I probably would be back in that, that realm. But I don't know if I ever will be. But I, it, I think what is why I'm talking to you is I, I love your story because I just think you're an amazing human being and you're very, very uplifting. You're very inspirational, but also you come from very humble roots too. Not nothing, you know, and to be, I agree with you. I had a, I, I don't know what, to me it was normal. I had a female director and a bunch of female producers on my first big gig in LA and that was my normal. That was what I walked into. I'm like, this is normal. I had my first film that I did in Houston had a, the writer was female. My, my producer that basically walked me through how to produce a film was female. Really oh, smart good. people. So you have girls and, inspire you too. Yeah. And I, it was just, that was my normal though. That's oh, my normal because I don't, I don't know. It just makes I think women make great producers because they're detailed and organized, but I also think they make great directors and whatever, whatever they want to do. If they want to be a DP or a camera operator. I work writers. with 90% guys. I have one girl here. Um, she's amazing. She's, uh, she's actually in the art department, but she helps me with the creative and props. And I can tell that she enjoys that. So Again, if you're doing, if somebody's doing what you love, she does a very good job at it. So, yeah. most of most of the crew here, it, in fact, I think I'm the first woman in the actual crew, and they were not used to it. So it's been fun to watch. And, hey, Alex is here. <laughs> watch out. Be careful. And it's fun. But it's fun. I I'm like I told you. I they, I've been embraced by my crews and it, it's all about respect and what yes. uh, we were talking about earlier knowing that everybody can do their job great so yes. building that trust right you can direct yep. them and tell them how you want it but you know that they're going to know how to do it i can i know how to do uh, lighting i think a lighting director is it's yes they're the amazing oh the my room. goodness yes but I also love, I love learning from them. Yeah. And we suggest to each other and they're open to it. They're, depending on, I'm trying to think, there, there's been occasions where, you know, we, I always walk in my sets and I tell the DP and the lighting director, if you have a suggestion, please tell me. You know, I, I'm open to that because I think we learn from each other. I agree. And I that comes from a place of empathy, though. And empathy is, to me, one of the biggest strengths as a producer that you can possess. Whether you're a producer or if you're a project manager managing a corporate project for a big corporation, having empathy to, towards everybody's job, but that's what a producer, project manager, business owner has to do is look at their people and go, okay, I don't know exactly how they're making that vanilla latte skinny vanilla latte <laughs> me neither right? i do now but i'm not but before i didn't know so and if i owned that business at least i knew enough to go yeah this is think about this and 
and it's I got taught at an early age in my IT career how to level with people, meaning never if I had people reporting to me, I talked to them in their in their language, not mine. And their goals, not mine. Whether I have a goal for them, I also talk to them about that. What's that goal? Translate that goal into a goal that means something to them. Whether, you know, I supervise help desk people who took the IT calls to fix stuff. So I would talk to them like I was working the IT help desk with them. That's how, and empathy plays a huge part in that. And you seem to have oodles of empathy. And, and that's, I think, to me, as a, from human to human, that's what makes you special. And that's part of the reason why you survived 20 years in this business, because it's a, it's a nasty business. It can, be, it can be nasty, but yet here you are, you know, from very humble roots, back in the day when it was taped and everything, and you're still loving your job mm-hmm. in a business that's really hard to do. And it's, and you're, you know, I hate to say it, but you're a woman and it's, that's a glass ceilings there still that you have to break through, but you still do that with joy. I do. Ah, that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. It's but cool. I, it goes back to what you said though. You walk into that room with respect and humility and openness. They love you. Why wouldn't they? And if they don't, they still, we, I always tell them, we still got to work. So we got to work together. So if, if you don't like me, then let's just make it work. I always tell them I need you to, to make it happen. So I, and, and I, again, I, not everybody, it's as easy or not everybody's, uh, not everybody's having a good day sometimes. And it's picking up those energies in the room. It's very important. I think you must have read emotional intelligence because oh, a lot of what you say comes, and if you haven't, I recommend it. It's a, a lot of your language and your understanding of what I'm saying um, comes from that book. It's, it's a beautiful book to read. It helps you with leadership. It helps you to work with, with groups of people i read it a couple of times i i reread it recently i read it like probably 20 years ago when it first came out or more or less emotional intelligence if you I have wrote it, it down i wrote amazing. it down Alex. It, there is a difference between be having a super high iq and having emotional intelligence and being able to work the room it's very different you could be super smart but you have no ability to work with a team of people or vice versa you know yeah. you might not be the smartest person in the room but you have very good you know team skill so mm-hmm. uh, i everything that you said comes like i said it roots in that book and having empathy and having and it's it's a good good thing i think so too and i most of what i've learned is i don't read a lot of like those kinds of books but because I find with those, I buy them because I get the endorphin rush out of buy them and then I don't finish them. But that said, most of what I've learned is through what I've just experienced in life. And I figured out what the common thread was, is connecting to people, elevating them and kind of, it's like taking a bird with broken wings and fixing their wings and letting them fly. That's what I do. And that's why I do this podcast because this is fun for me. 
I must confess, you're inspiring me. Maybe I would do a podcast one day because I love to I love to learn stories too about people. Like now I want to know everything about you. <laughs> and what's your story? But I love well, maybe you inspire me. Well, yeah, and I've gotten into, you know, just I'm doing this because it's fun. And, you know, one of my goals at some point in time will be monetizing it, but I just think it's fun. It's my way, and this is going to date me, but it's my way of being Johnny Carson. Oh. And I've always loved, I love Johnny Carson. I lo used to watch that when me I was too. a little kid and, and 10.35 a.m. or p.m. or whatever, turn on Johnny Carson, he would make these celebrities feel so comfortable in yeah. a very weird format. But I don't do a weird format. I just make people feel comfortable. They tell me that, you know, not everybody's going to tell me that they were born from humble beginnings, of, you know, from Venezuela. That's an amazing thing about you that I think is beautiful. And it just also, in the middle of that, I've got one of my Twitter friends who's has, still has family back there and she lives here in Texas and she's from Venezuela. I'm like, all right, you're going to have to listen to this podcast now. <laughs> you know, we can make it, we can make it through my, um, the reason I moved here was because my, my, um, one of my parents got kidnapped 30 years ago in Venezuela what? and she, she's alive. She, she made it through. And my dad, who's German, At the time, Germany had a treaty with the U.S. My dad's like, we're getting out of here. And it's funny because a lot of the TV that I've done in my life, not now, but in, in my, the bulk of my years have been criminal investigation and America's Most Wanted and Discovery ID and helping people find the, you know, the killer or the, or the, the missing person and So there, there's a weird kind of like trade in, in what I what I went through and what I became. And yeah, there there was a reason. And I remember with America's Most Wanted and John Walsh, a lot of us had some sort of story. And that made a, a good bond for us to help people find the bad guy or Uh, even understanding yeah. where John was coming from, you know? Yeah, that's, but that's the glue that keeps us together is our stories, really. Yeah. It really is. And you've yeah. had a fascinating story. And I didn't know about that about your parents, which I'm thankful that they're okay. And that's also, that's one of your joys in life is to go spend time with them, though. Yeah. And, you know, spend time with your daughter. And I love the beach myself, and I'm a mile from it. And it's, The beach at night's my favorite place in the world. There's no better place than I, I'll leave you with this story because I was Turks and Caicos back in 2010 and it was beach volleyball vacation. So I used to know pro professional beach volleyball players. And we would go to Turks and Caicos for a week and play beach volleyball. We'd, they'd do clinics and then we'd party at night. Nice. Everybody'd be partying and drinking and you know, and whatever. <laughs> nice. And, It was great because you would do it every day, but I would just go off. I'd do the drinking and the whatever, and then I'd just wander off and go sit on the beach in Turks and Caicos at night, just looking at the stars, listening to the waves. Because that was, that was my happy place. It's always been my happy place. Because yeah. it's so humble. I love being humbled like that, where I see an entire 
you know, panorama of stars and just the waves, they never stop. The waves, no matter, there's nothing we can do to stop those waves. That's just amazing. And I love just, and you filter that into walking on a set for the first time. It's like respect, know your job and humility. Mm-hmm. And you take that just, okay, I'm just, just, you know, a little bit of a spec, maybe a whatever, but you take that and you, that's why you've done this for so long is because you walk in with that and probably a little bit of the emotional intelligence because I, now I have to read that and that's going to be hard because I've got about three self-help books that I want to, that I haven't finished yet. So if okay. you like audio books, it, it only takes three hours. So you can do it okay. a, day, a couple, an hour a day. It's however you, you like to do it, but it's, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, I am just blessed to be able to talk to you today. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Do you want to give a shout out for anything that you need that Thank you're working on you. or you want people to know how to find you what or anything like that? Oh, they can follow me at Alex, the producer on Instagram. That works. I changed my name on Twitter recently because of some, some crazy yeah, person no, on Twitter. Sorry. And now it's called director AF, I think. Because uh, cool. I changed it, so now I don't know. But Alex, yeah, the producer. On I mean, Instagram, we'll go there. Yeah. That's, uh, and I'll, I'm posting more of work stuff now on Instagram. But that's it. I don't. All I could say is thank you so, so much for having me. And like I said, maybe you inspire me and I'll do a podcast too. And maybe you'll be one of my guests. I would, I would be honored, to be honest with you. I would love it. And I think you'd be really good at this. I really do. I think because it takes, a, for, we have both have that ability to talk to people and make them feel comfortable. But it's also fun listening to people where they came from and why they're here and what makes them tick. That's fun for me. Now I'm curious. So, yeah, because I want to ask you questions like, why did you pick me? Um, how is my personality on social media compared to what you saw now? So I want to. Well, why I picked you is just you're a producer. And I knew that was something in common that we could talk about. And the trademark shades, you know, that was part of it, too, because I just love your trade. Mm-hmm. I give you grief about those shades all the time on social media. <laughs> you know, I do. And I yeah. love them. I love your trademark green shades. Those, that's just a brand for you. It really is. It's a market. There is a story behind it. And, it, yes, and well, I'll tell you. In, I want it. I've got time. In, yeah, I'll tell you in 30 seconds. So I always had these eyes that you see now that they're like yeah. droopy eyes. So whenever I put a picture without my shades, which you can go see on Instagram, I. Uh, uh, People would say, oh, you look so tired. I'm not tired. Those are my eyes. So now <laughs> I always put the shades so they don't tell me on time. I said, my eyes are, and nobody likes to hear somebody telling you, you look tired. I'm like, no, that's it. That, those are my real eyes. I'm not tired. I'm, right. It, so I, that I'm covering my eyes because I don't want to hear it, but I, I got kind of like stuck with it. So now people, you're not the only one. I get people like, finally, you take the shades off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm starting nice. not to worry about my tire eyes. So there's the story. I get the same thing from people like, you look tired. I'm like, I'm not. 
I'm not. You're just fine. Yeah, I know. I get it all the time. Maybe all I look relaxed. Time. Maybe we look zen. You and I look more relaxed than the average Joe. I don't know. Yeah, we're more zen. Let's just leave it at that. Let's just, you know, that's what we are, Alex. But it's been wonderful and kick some butt on that commercial. And I can't wait to see it. And I'm really proud of you. And you are inspiring. Thank Keep you. Keep doing what you're doing, breaking those glass ceilings for us, all right? Thank you very much, Kim. I really appreciate you inviting me. I, I took the risk because I wasn't sure what I was getting into, but I appreciate you and uh, whatever you need. And maybe, like I said, maybe I'll send you some questions and do my own podcast too. You'll be my yeah. guest. You would be awesome at it. I know you would, and you would get a lot of cool people on. Yes. I want to get yeah. a lot of like celebrity friends, you know? Yes, right. That's all you have to do. And boom, all of a sudden people start listening and then you you can make a difference with a podcast too. I love that. I love that. It's inspiring stories. Right. And like, and just to take it a little step further, like you're so humble, but sweet yet powerful. And I love that about you. And I think you could bring that out of all these people that you've met in your producer life, in your directing life, and hear about just like the people that you work with on America's Most Wanted, you know, with John Walsh and those folks. Those stories, we would want to hear that. Yeah, it's pretty I, remarkable. That's the producer and it's me storyboarding for you, just so you know. I'm good oh. at that part. <laughs> I, know how to, I know how to fracture ideas really well. Good. Good to I'm know. I'm good at that. Very good at that. Like, just give me one kernel of truth and I can split it up and make something out of it. I really can. Good to so, know, Kelly. Yeah. So if you ever need to bounce ideas off of me, let, I'll be glad to help you, Alex. Glad to. Thank you. Thank you All very right. much. Well, I'm sure you got to go and get ready for your directing work this week. And yes, got a lot of work to do, I know, but it's joyful for you and I can see it in your smile. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat a mango. That's going to be yeah. lunch right now. And I'm going to run out to the studio. But thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And I'll hit the, I will catch up to you later. Thank you so much.